0: This is our league, and this is your league. From the fifty-five yard
1: line on CFL America Radio and the Sports History Network.
0: Stand by, fifteen seconds to air. Stand by, all cameras and video tape. Ready with your opening graphics. Stand by, Howard. Here we come, Frank. Ready, Don. Stand by, audio, your opening music, and
1: roll tape. Take tape. Thank you. He throws on the move into the end zone and it is caught for a touchdown. He spotted his man and threw the ball into the end zone to Rocky Blyer, Giving the ball to Franco through the middle, then over the 15, to 10, the five, touchdown Pittsburgh. They opened it up down the middle and the big guy went straight ahead through the hole. He knocked them loose in every direction, over the 15, the 10, the five, and right in there to score. And the Steelers go on the board with a TD. And he's going to Swan, and Squad makes a circus catch in the end zone. Unbelievable catch for the touchdown. Pittsburgh Steelers, NFL champions, world champions for the third time in the last five years. There was a time when you wondered if the Steelers would ever win a championship. Their first 42 years were fruitless. No more, my friend, the Pittsburgh Steelers are now the elite in NFL history, the first team to capture three Super Bowl championships. Here is Terry taking the snap, falling down on the turf, and the Cowboys are out of timeouts. Bradshaw is coming off the field with the game ball. Steeler fans are coming out of the stands. Ladies and gentlemen, the 1978 season is over. Super Bowl 13 captured by the Pittsburgh Steelers, the first team in the history of the NFL to win it three times. In the 1978 NFL season opened, one of the questions asked around the league was, how good are the Pittsburgh Steelers? Their long heritage was not always one of glorious accolades. But when Chuck Knoll took over as coach, a once delinquent child was suddenly an orphan of tremendous dimensions. Shifting from the eye, the setbacks are wide, and Lee is going back for his first throw of the night. He's being chased, he's being hit. He is sacked at the 30-yard line. Everybody had a hand on him, but the man who brought him down finally was Joe Green. Bradshaw, backpedal... Straight back. Pete. now runs forward over the 20, the 15. He's down to the 10, the 5. He's going in for a touchdown. Stabler's is back to throw. And it is intercepted. There's an interception by Jack Ham. A diving catch in front of Pete Manizac at the 23-yard line. Head office to Rocky. Rocky driving through people. He's down into the end zone. Touchdown, Pittsburgh. Rocky Blyer going straight through the middle. Stabler back again. Looking now for the swing man out of the backfield to the left. And he fumbles the football after he catches it, runs with it. We recover. Jack Lambert's running. Lambert's up over the 20, the 25. Pete Manizak caught the pass. He was wide open, took it, ran a few steps, hit, fumbled the football. Jack Lambert recovered it, ran with it, brought it back upfield to the 27, knocked down by Art Shell. Now he fires for the bomb, and Lynn Swan going for it. Swan pulls it in for a touchdown! Lynn Swan beat his man on a bomb! 22 seconds remaining. And Bradshaw is back and looking again. Bradshaw running out of the pocket, looking for somebody to throw to, fires it downfield. And there's a collision. It's, got, it's cut out of the air. The ball is pulled in by Franco Harris. Harris is going for a touchdown for Pittsburgh. Harris is going. Five seconds left on the clock. Franco Harris pulling the football. I don't even know where it came from. How fast the world forgets. After years of tenement dwelling, the Steelers were now faced with the reality of life that they were one of the best. Their past meant nothing. The world lives for today. So in 1978, the Pittsburgh Steelers took their motto of whatever it takes and put it to good use by becoming the first team in the National Football League history to win three Super Bowl championships. Not bad for the NFL's once so-called Orphan Annie Club. Steelers opened the season on Sunday, September 3rd against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. The Bills were in a rebuilding season. They were no match for Pittsburgh as the Steelers race to a 14 nothing lead in the first half Bradshaw deep now firing down the field near side Stalworth at the 15 one on one heavy having the arm breaks it he's at the 10 he's at the five touchdown Pittsburgh giving the ball for a straight ahead drive by Franco Harris and he goes into the end zone for the touchdown short yardage formation for the Pittsburgh Steelers sending Franco off the left side and he plows straight ahead into the end zone for the touchdown and Pittsburgh has capped off a sweet drive. It remained that way until the fourth quarter, when young Sidney Thornton made his first contribution to the Steelers' cause. And the give to Sidney Thornton, drives off the right side, touchdown Pittsburgh. Thornton hitting off right tackle, takes it into the end zone, right on top. Barrio Clark, the defensive back. The Bills managed to narrow it to a 21-10 score when Terry Bradshaw found second-year wide receiver T. Bell for the convincing score. Is going into the end zone to T Bell. T Bell running a slant, got away from Charles Romes, took it just over the goal line for an easy touchdown. The final reading on the scoreboard was 28 to 17, and the Steelers were off and running in 1978. The following week, Art Rooney's club returned to Pittsburgh to open its home season against the Seattle Seahawks. For Seattle, this was to be its most glorious season in a brief history. But in the second week of the NFL campaign, the Seahawks would suffer one of their few dark moments as they went down to defeat by a 21-10 score. Steelers took a 14-0 lead as Terry Bradshaw pierced the Seahawks secondary not once, but twice here is Bradshaw back Bradshaw throwing and is it completed It is taken by Swan on a rolling catch in the end zone for the touchdown as he beat Cornell Webster came in in front of him went down and toppled with the ball right along the turf Swan pulls it in the play goes from Bradshaw to Lynn Swan and the Steelers draw first blood of the ball game Bradshaw backs up Bradshaw's very deep now now he lets it fly to the end zone there's Thornton for the touchdown straight down the middle Thornton backing up inside the goal line John Harris and Autry Beeman got over there too late straight down the middle to Sidney Thornton in the end zone and Thornton looks back and takes it for the TD however the Seahawks although young were a game bunch and they came back to make it a 14-10 game to give the Sims going to the right side and he barely stumbles in for the touchdown they almost had him submarining was ham and almost had him at the line of scrimmage But he managed to keep his balance and stumble into the end zone for the Seattle touchdown. Soaring the holder at the 10, Herrera is the kicker. Ball is down, Herrera kicks it. It is good. But Franco Harris, possibly the true Italian stallion, put out the lights for Seattle. Bradshaw gives that ball. To the right side, and that's Franco diving in there, and he makes it barely into the end zone for the touchdown. Randy Grossman had come into short motion to lead the way into that hole. And Franco dives in there. We have the signal. Now, what are they doing? Are they arguing about it? One official has given the signal. It is good. It stands up. Following week, the Steelers journey to Cincinnati for what everyone thought would be their first severe test of the season, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. However, the old arch rivals were on the threshold of a dismal season. Possibly the Steelers had something to do with that ultimate outcome as they took an early 14-0 lead with Terry Bradshaw using his running game to perfection. It is to Blair running to the right. He cuts around the corner and he cuts into the end zone for the touchdown. Blair was feeling his way, running to the right. He had the blocking screen. He got outside of Ray Phillips, the linebacker, and headed into the end zone inside the pylon. And the Steelers go on the board with the first touchdown of the ball game. And Bradshaw on a draw gives it to Harris straight through the middle and into the end zone for a Pittsburgh touchdown. They were looking for the pass. Bradshaw called it perfectly. A draw play to Franco Harris. The hole was wide open. You could have taken Cope's big sedan. That beautiful big <laughs> car of yours had driven it right down the middle. A Chris Barr field goal cut the score to 14-3, but by the time the half rolled around, the Steelers had made it a 21-3 game as third-year wide receiver Benny Cunningham took the pass out of the waiting hands of a very frustrated Ken Riley. Here's Brad Shaw going back deep. They're coming after him, chasing him out of the pocket, running to the left, and he fires downfield into the crowd. Cunningham makes a catch over the shoulder of the defensive back. Can you believe that? The man who can't believe it is Ken Riley, the cornerback, who was right on Benny Cunningham like a blanket. And Cunningham made a sensational catch of a Bradshaw pass that was on the money in the end zone. Ladies and gentlemen, it was absolutely a beauty for the touchdown. Going 33, make that 28 yards. Following the victory over Cincinnati, Steelers returned home to tackle another Central Division rival, the Cleveland Browns. And for the first 60 minutes, this game turned out to be a battle of field goals. Pittsburgh's Roy Jarella got the initial score of the contest with his first three-pointer of the season. Jarella kicks it up there, and it is good. Jarella hit his first field goal of the season. However, the Browns' Don Cockroft countered with three field goals of his own, and Cleveland had a 9-3 lead. Ball is down, he kicks it, and it is good. A 43-yard attempt by Don Cockroft is good, and that ties up the ball game at 3-3. Logan has it down, Cockcroft kicks it, looks high enough, long enough, it is good. Cleveland takes the lead, 6-3. Cockcroft kicks it long enough, high enough, it is good. 41-yard field goal by Don Cockcroft and Cleveland leads in the ball game, 9-3. But in the crucial fourth quarter, Girella struck twice, and it was a 9-9 game at the end of regulation time. Here's the snap, it's down. Jarella kicks it high enough, long enough. It is good. Jarella kicks a 33-yarder, and the score moves to nine to six in favor of the Browns. Ball is down. Jarella kicks it high enough, long enough. It's good. 36-yarder by Jarella. Ties up the ball game. Now into sudden death overtime, the NFL's answer to cardiac arrest. And with less than five minutes played, the Steelers put the Browns out of their misery with a little razzle-dazzle. Here is Bradshaw giving the ball to Blyer. Blyer reverses it to Swan. He gives it back to Bradshaw. Bradshaw firing for Cunningham. A Pittsburgh touchdown. How about that? A Pittsburgh touchdown to win the ball game. Listen to this crowd go crazy. They're going crazy at three rivers. A handoff to Blyer running to his right. Reversed the ball to Swan, coming back to the left, pitched it to Bradshaw, and Bradshaw stood there and fired it downfield to Benny Cunningham. Took it on the run, crossing the five-yard line, goes in for the touchdown, and the crowd is electrified. Nobody has left the place. They're just standing and looking and applauding as the Pittsburgh Steelers score with 11-17 to play in overtime on a fantastic play. They win the ball game. 15 to 9. The next week, Steelers made their record a perfect 5-0, downing the New York Jets 28 to 17 at Shea Stadium. Through the first half, the game was close with Pittsburgh leading 14 to 10. But in the third period, Bradshaw found Lynn Swan, and school was out for this particular Sunday. And Swan is in the slot to the left. Bradshaw drops back again now he lets the ball fly and Swan makes a great move on the defensive back and he ate his lunch he took Bobby Jackson the rookie. Into the end zone, made a move to the outside, and Bradshaw hit him on the move for a Steeler touchdown. Next came the Atlanta Falcons. Although earning themselves a reputation for fast finishes, the Falcons stood no chance on this afternoon as they went down by a 31-7 count. The ball is down, and Jarella kicks it. 21-yard field goal is good. The Steelers take a 3-0 lead. And the give is to Blyer. Blyer over the right side. He's running for pay dirt. He's into the end zone for a touchdown. Blyer came over the right side. Then went out to the right and got out beyond the secondary. Roland Large could not stop him, and he went into the end zone unmolested for a Pittsburgh touchdown, and the Steelers lead it 9 to nothing. Here's Brad Shaw. DeLane rolling out to the left. Got a man coming after him, and he goes to the end zone for the touchdown. Bradshaw rolled out to the left. Tommy Pridemore was coming across, the only person who had read the play, and Pridemore could not keep him out of the end zone. Fake by Bradshaw. He's deep. Running to his left and throwing, and he hits Starworth at the 41. Stalwarth breaks the tackle over the 45, the 50, the 45, the 40. He's at the Atlanta 30, the 20, down to the 15, the 10. Caught from behind and brought down at the two-yard line. Bradshaw to Blyer flag on the play. Blyer fights his way down to the end zone. Penalty marker was down. It was against Atlanta. So Rocky Blyer has taken it in. Atlanta was offside, and Blyer, fighting over the right side, reached out and put that ball in the end zone for the touchdown. Bradshaw's back. Now he drills it right down to the goal line to Johnny Stallworth, and it's a touchdown. Stallworth cut it at the goal line, was hit by Rick Bias and knocked back out to the two-yard line, and the official on the far side of the field said, They broke the plane of the goal line for the TD on a 15-yard strike to Stalworth. Now it was on to Cleveland and a rematch with the Browns. For the second time this season, these two clubs gave it their all. Cleveland took a 7-6 lead in the second quarter. But it did not last that long as rookie Larry Anderson made his first contribution to Steeler history with a 95-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Dockroth Roth kicks it, sailing, coming down, bouncing at the 12, back to Anderson at the 5, out over the 10, the 15, the 20, 25, finds the lane, the 30, the 35, gets by man. and he's going to go to the 45, the 50. He's the Cleveland 40, the 30, the gap, heaven. Here he comes into Lake Erie. A touchdown, 95 yards. Larry Anderson of the Pittsburgh Steelers shove it down their throats, put it right in there. 95 yards, and the Steelers bounce. In the third quarter, the Steelers penetrated the Browns' end zone first through the air and then on the ground. Bradshaw looking quickly to throw out to the right. Swan takes it at the 12, breaks the tackle and goes in. Swan took it at the 12, broke loose from Tony Peters, galloped into the end zone. Bradshaw to Swan and the play covers 28 yards. And the give is to Blyer, and he slides off the right side, goes in, standing up. They had knocked down Robert Jackson. They had knocked down Clarence Scott. He ran right over Scott into the end zone, and the Steelers are on the board again. In the fourth period, Cleveland cut it to 27-14 when Brian Seif hit Reggie Rucker from 19 yards out. But back came Kerry Bradshaw with a touchdown pass of his own, this time to John Stalwart. Quick flip comes out to Stallworth. Screen forms. He's over the 30, the 25, the 20 on his own. Cuts across the 15. He's to the 5. Touchdown, Pittsburgh. Steelers finally went down to defeat on Monday night, October 23rd, bowing to the Houston Oilers 24-17. The following week, they were back on the winning track with a 27-24 victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. At the end of the first half, it looked like a breeze for Pittsburgh as the Steelers held a commanding 20-3 advantage. Bradshaw has two tight ends. Gives the ball to Harris. There he goes into the end zone, but a penalty marker is down on the play. Harris goes in to apparently score, but a penalty marker has been dropped. It's against Kansas City. Chiefs Roth's side declined. And the touchdown stands. Bradshaw on a draw to Harris. Straight to the middle. Galloping down over the five. Driving to the end zone. Taking men with him. Braco Harris scores for the Steelers. Straight down the middle. Broke a tackle. Took two men with him right into the end zone. Once he was inside the five-yard line, Harris was not to be denied as he carried the ball straight ahead into scoring territory. His second touchdown of the afternoon. Bradshaw drops back. Here they come, he lets it go, there's Stalworth at the 8, the 5, Stalworth into the end zone, touchdown Pittsburgh. However, behind quarterback Mike Livingston, the Chiefs made it a 20-17 game in the third quarter. And before the period expired, the Steelers with defensive back Donnie Schell doing the honors, up the score to 27-17. Here's the ball given to Horace Belton, running to the left, flag down, he fumbles the football, scooped up by Donnie Schell, carrying it into the end zone for a touchdown. Flag was down lost the football. Shell scooped it up, went into the end zone. Touchdown, Pittsburgh! Steelers eventually ended up winning 27-24. Now they look forward to the New Orleans Saints, their next opponent. Saints were coming through one of their typical disastrous seasons. But on this particular Sunday afternoon, they looked like world beaters, leading by a 7-3 score at the end of the first half. In the third quarter, you had the feeling their heavenly magic was running out. Pittsburgh countered with 10 points. Here's Bradshaw rolling to the right. Fires into the end zone, it's tipped, and Swan catches it. A New Orleans Saint tipped the ball upfield. That was Eric Felton, and it went into the arms of Lynn Swan. Here's the ball down, and the kick by Jarella is up there, high and smooth and good. A 21-yard field goal by Roy Jarella. And the Steelers lead, 13 to 7. But the Saints were far from finished, and in the fourth period, Tony Galbraith went marching in from five yards out. Manning hands it off, Galbraith running to the left. He has a blocker, and he goes into the end zone. Out in front of him was Chuck Muncie clearing the way as he broke around the left flank, and Muncie cleared out the defensive back. And in he went to the end zone for the touchdown from five yards out. However, the game did not end that way as Terry Bradshaw fired to Rocky Blyer for a 20-14 victory. Bradshaw's back. The rush is on. He has to unload it. He does to Blyer at the 19. Blyer the 15, the 10, the 5. Blyer going in for the touchdown. Blyer came over and beat Tom Myers, the free safety, at the near side of the field. Myers crouching down in dejection as Blyer took that pass. Went to the sideline and galloped into the end zone unmolested. The following week, the Steelers suffered their second and last defeat of the season when they were edged by the Los Angeles Rams 10-7 on a bad field at the Coliseum in L.A. But on Sunday, November 19th, they resumed their winning ways with a hard-earned 7-6 defeat of the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincy scored first on a crisp bar field goal, but the Steelers came back with a second-quarter touchdown that turned out to be the winner. Bradshaw sets the club. Gives the ball to Blyer and Blyer dives toward the end zone and leans into the end zone, touchdown! Blyer diving into a wall of Cincinnati players. Forced the wall to bend and slowly but surely just toppled over into the end zone and the Steelers are on the board with their first touchdown of the afternoon. Another field goal by Barr made it a 7-6 game. Finally it came down to the final minute when a fumble resulted in a Jack Ham recovery and Pittsburgh had the victory. 56 seconds to go. Anderson is back. Anderson is hit. Ball fumbled. Pittsburgh. It's loose. Who's got it? It's recovered by Pittsburgh. Steelers followed up their win over Cincinnati, shutting out the San Francisco 49ers 24 to nothing. Now came a rematch with the Houston Oilers, season's nominee for Cinderella Honors. Realistically, this was a hard-fought battle that saw both sides feel the sting of pain and the wrath of agony. The contest was tied at 3-3 in the third quarter when Roy Jarella booted home the field goal that gave the Steelers the lead for good. The snap is down. Jarella kicks it. And it is good. A 23-yard attempt. And the score is 6-3. Pittsburgh put the game away for keeps in the fourth period when Terry Bradshaw threw a pass to John Stallworth. Swan to the right. Stalworth goes in the slot to the right side here is Bradshaw rolling to the right throwing to the end zone and it is cut for a touchdown by Johnny Stalworth on the move rolling right Bradshaw fires to Stalworth in the end zone and Stalworth takes it for the touchdown dealers closed out their season with victories over the Baltimore Colts and the Denver Broncos to finish with a 14 and 2 record the best in the National Football League but best record or not. You had to win that last game, the Super Bowl, to be truly considered the greatest. And the Steelers' intent was to do just that. The Steelers' first opponent in the playoffs turned out to be the defending AFC champion, Denver Broncos. Ironically, both these clubs were more than well-prepared for each other because just two weeks earlier, they closed out the season in what might be considered a hard-fought battle in Denver. But on Saturday, December 30th at Three River Stadium in Pittsburgh, it was all Steelers as they whipped the Broncos 33-10. The Bronx actually got on the board first with a Jim Turner field goal. But back came the Steelers to score 16 unanswered points. And Shaw to Harris. He dives over to the goal line. Is he in there? It is a touchdown, Pittsburgh. Here's the give to Franco, running to the right. Stutter step, cuts back. Now he's moving down to the 10, the pie. There it goes for the touchdown. There it is for the critics. The people who say, why does he run that way? And you see exactly why he runs that way. Because he gave it the stutter step. He waited. He found his opening. Then he started knocking people over inside the 15. He broke open at the 10. And he went over the 5 and into the end zone. At the 14, the ball is down. He kicks it high enough, long enough. It's good. 24-yard field goal for Jarella. With less than two minutes to go in the first half, The Broncos' Dave Preston scampered into the end zone from a couple of yards out to make it a seemingly close game at 16-10. However, before the half was to end, the Steelers again dented the scoreboard as Roy Jarella hit a 27-yard field goal with only seven seconds showing on the clock. Ball is down, Jarella kicks it. It is good. A 27-yarder by Roy Jarella. Steelers lead 19-10. Momentum, that is the key to any football game. And early in the third period, Joe Green started the surge that would keep the Broncos off the scoreboard. From the 19, Turner will try a 29-yard field goal at the post to our right. The ball is down. Turner kicks a it block. It's blocked. Loosed out of the ground. It's covered by the Steelers. Joe Green blocked the field goal try. Steelers get it back. Listen to this crowd. They're going crazy at three rivers. The Steeler defense, in one of its finest moments, rising up to stop the Denver Bronx. In the fourth period, the Steelers moved into a rather commanding 26-10 lead, as John Stallworth outwrestled a rather frustrated Steve Foley in the end zone. Here's Brad back. Boy, he's got time now. Now he doesn't. He's running out of the pocket, looking, going deep in the end zone. There's Stallworth with a man with him, and Stallworth caught it for the touchdown. Steve Foley on him. Stalworth with a circus catch at the end line. And the official threw his hands up in the air. It was no longer a question of who, but simply by how much. Redshaw's back deep. Good protection. Going deep for Swan. There's Swan to catch it for the touchdown. Swan caught it up in the air. Bill Thompson had swatted the goal line, but it's a TD. Pittsburgh Steelers won the game 33 to 10. And now it was on to the AFC Championship game against the surprising Houston Oilers. As one of the AFC's wildcard entries, the Oilers were succeeding where few thought they could. First, they defeated the Miami Dolphins in Miami to earn a berth in the AFC semifinal round of the playoffs. Then the following week, They journeyed to New England, and not only defeated the New England Patriots, but so dominated the game that they had a few people wondering if maybe they just might be a sleeping giant. And on top of that, they not only had inflicted the Steelers with one of their two losses in 1978, but they were also responsible for three of the Steelers' six losses at Three Rivers Stadium since 1972. So you had to wonder. Well, unfortunately for Houston followers, their beautiful balloon not only burst, but disappeared on Sunday, January seventh at Three River Stadium. The raindrops falling, and the sheet of ice forming, the Steelers Franco Harris put his team on top early with this seven-yard gallop. Now Bradshaw brings Stalworth in motion. Hands it off to Franco, off the right side. Hesitates, runs into daylight, into the end zone. Touchdown, Pittsburgh. Came to the line of scrimmage. Hesitated momentarily, saw the hole. Galloped through it into the end zone, all the way for the score, untouched. The Steelers kept the pressure on, and at the end of the first quarter, they led by a 14 0 nothing score. Bradshaw giving to Rocky, breaks a tackle, stumbles, comes up the right side, the 10 to five. He's headed for the goal line. Touchdown! Rocky Blyer on a slant up the right side. Broke the low tackle at the line of scrimmage. Turned on the power. Angled away from the secondary. Got away from Willie Alexander and dived into the end zone. And the coffin corner. The Oilers managed to make it a 14-3 game with a Tony Fritch field goal in the second period. But with the half winding down and only 58 seconds showing on the clock, Terry Bradshaw found Lynn Swan from 29 yards away. As Terry is back deep. Goes for Swan deep. Swan takes it in the end zone for the touchdown. He beat two men. Willie Alexander was one of them, and the other one was Greg Bingham. He beat him in the end zone, coming down and going to the post. Lynn Swan receiving the pass from Terry Bradshaw. Was it possible to improve on that fast finish? Well, if you're a Steelers follower, you will relish what happened as long as the game is played. Here's the kickoff. Down to the 7-yard line and Durden coming with the ball, leaves it behind him, it's loose, it's recovered by the Steelers at the 17-yard line. Durden left the ball behind him and the Steelers recover the football and they're mobbing the man who recovered it, Jack Delaplaine No, Rick Mosier. Mosier, the rookie, number 39, did it. Redshaw is back deep again, has lots of time. Throwing in the crowd to Stallworth, and he's driven into the end zone for the touchdown. Stallworth came across and counted at the three, was hit by Ted Thompson, who drove him into the end zone for the touchdown. Bradshaw laid it on the money, and Stall was there for his first catch in the afternoon. Up came Thompson, hit him at the three yard line, and knocked him into the end zone for a Pittsburgh TD. And on the draw, they hand it off, it's going nowhere. Fumble again, recovered by Pittsburgh. Ronnie Coleman was the ball carrier. Steve Purness recovered as Coleman was hit. Fumbled the football with 20 seconds to play. They've got the football all over again. Okay, Roy is going to try it for the 27 and a half. 27-yard attempt, 37-yard attempt. Straight down the middle. There are worse places on the field than where he's kicking from. He kicks it. It's good. 37-yard attempt for Roy Girella, And the Steeler lead. Moves out to to 31-3, as they score three times within the final minute of the first half. In the third quarter, Roy Girella made it a 34-3 game with this 23-yard shot. 23-yard opportunity, ball is down, Girella kicks it, and it is good. So the score is 34-3. For all intents and purposes, the game was over but you would never have known it from the way the Steelers' defense performed. Pastorini on a long count. Stops short in the pocket, is chased out of the pocket, throws back, pass intercepted, picked off by Jack Lambert at the 15-yard line. He went down, he got up, but he was lying beside Tim Wilson. So he was officially touched. Jack Ham, I beg your pardon. Uh, He was going for Wilson on a safety valve, and Ham came up and jammed in on the side of him to intercept. Wingback comes in motion to the left. They pitch it back to Campbell. He's running off the right side. He doesn't go anywhere. He's nailed. Earl Campbell stopped by Lauren Taves and Robin Cole, short of a first down. The Oilers do not make it. Oilers on a long count, running out of time on the clock. And now they fired a burrow again, and it is incomplete. Go for him at the five-yard line. He is corralled by Mel Blunt. Pastorini is back there, throwing under pressure. will be intercepted. Donnie Schell, play-action fake, but Pastorini. L.C. almost had him. Now he is nailed. He got away from L.C. and ran into Joe Green. Boom! Down goes Dante Pastorini, and Joe Green helping him up to his feet. The Oilers did manage to come up with a meaningless safety in the late going to account for the final score of 34-5. So now it was on to the big one. The game that every football player dreams of being in. The one game that can turn a season of success into one of frustration. The one game that makes it all worthwhile. Super Bowl 13 took place on Sunday, January 21st, 1979, at the Orange Bowl in Miami, Florida. As far as matchups go, this was the perfect one. Here was the defending champion, the Dallas Cowboys taking on the NFL's best in 1978, the Pittsburgh Steelers. In Super Bowl X, these two teams put on a memorable show, and Super Bowl XIII would be no different. The first key play of the contest occurred on Dallas' opening drive when a little razzle-dazzle backfired on the Cowboy. Sending Pearson in motion, then reversing the ball to have a fumble recovered by the Steelers. Joe Green has it for Pittsburgh. John Banizek has it. Number 76, not 75. Then behind the strong right arm of Terry Bradshaw, the Steelers moved in for the game's first score. Slot right formation for the Steelers on third down and nine. Bradshaw's back there and he fires under pressure and it is caught by Stallworth at the Dallas 40 yard line. And the play is blown dead as Stallworth made a great reaching catch and then was corralled by Randy Hughes and Cliff Harris. Bradshaw is back. Bradshaw firing and it is caught by Grossman at the 28 yard line. Randy Grossman made the catch. Benny Barnes made the tackle. And Grossman picks up a first down for the Steelers at the Dallas 28-yard line. Bradshaw hesitates and then throws deep for Stallworth in the end zone. Touchdown, Pittsburgh! Johnny Stallworth caught it between two Dallas Cowboys, and the Steelers are on the board first. How about that? On the Cowboys' next drive, they moved all the way to the Pittsburgh 39, where the Steelers' famed steel curtain came through. Taking Pearson in short motion. Starbucks back to throw. He's hit. Breaks away. Baniz- or rather, Furness is after him. Has him in the arm and down he goes at the Pittsburgh 49-yard line. Furness with great pursuit. Then he got help from Banizak and Taves. After Staubach had broken away from a would-be sack, they went after him and stayed after him. And they get him back at the pits, rather at the Dallas 49-yard line. Gee, here's Staubach rolling to the right, looking, looking, looking. Lots of time. Now he's getting brought down on a great play by Dwight White at the 38-yard line. White made an ankle grab of Staubach and brought him down for a loss back to the 38-yard line. Staubach at all kinds of time could not find a receiver. However, the Cowboys did manage to tie the ball game when on the last play of the first quarter, Staubach threw to wide receiver Tony Hill from 40 yards away. Direct snap to Staubach. He barely gets it away. It is caught at the 25. Here goes Tony Hill over the 20, the 10, the 5, into the end zone. Tony Hill broke open around the twenty five. He went to the sideline and danced away from Donnie Shell and galloped into the end zone for the touchdown. It came on the final play of the first quarter and that is the first time that an opponent has scored against the Steelers scored a touchdown in the first period. Snap the ball is down and the kick is up It is good. So that's the end of the first quarter. Super Bowl 13, with a score. Pittsburgh 7, Dallas 7. Dallas actually gained the upper hand in the game. In the second quarter, Terry Bradshaw was sandwiched between Mike Hegman and Thomas Henderson. All right, the Steelers. With Bradshaw fumbling the football, picking it up on the move. And he is nailed. Back behind the fourth. This ball is taken away from him. Strip. Henderson with the ball. Goes down and into the end zone for a touchdown. Make it... on a Dallas touchdown. The ball was stripped away from Bradshaw. And suddenly, Mike Hegman. That's who we were looking for. Hegman running with the fumble and carrying it into the end zone for a Cowboy TD. But there was no panic on the Steelers' side of the field. On their next possession, they went for the big play and they came up winners. Bradshaw is back there. And he fires, caught by Stalworth at the 35, breaks a tackle, comes over the 40, the 45, the 50. He's breaking downfield, going to the Dallas 30, the 20, the 10, the 5. A touchdown for Pittsburgh. 75 yards, but a penalty marker. Nope. It stands. 75-yard strike to Johnny Stalworth. This game was rapidly developing into a thing of beauty. Midway through the second quarter, Dallas was again on the move only to be blunted by the Steelers' Mel Blunt. Staubach is back deep, and he winds up and throws. Intercepted by Blunt at the 20, he's up over the 25, he comes to the 30, and he is hit and brought down by Billy Joe Dupree and Drew Pearson. Mel Blunt, after Dwight White had put a great rush on Staubach, Blunt came up with the interception. Then first through the air and then on the ground, the Steelers move to the Dallas seven-yard line. Lynn Swan to the right. Johnny Stallworth to the left. Blyer in a close slot position on the right side. A quick flip out to Swan. They form a screen. He's up over the 35, the 40. Leaps over the 45. Breaks the tackle over the 50. The 45 still running to the Dallas 40. And down at the Dallas 37 and a half yard line. Henderson and Barnes finally brought him down. Steelers ready to go. Bradshaw backs up. And he fires again. And there's the leap catch down at the 16 yard line by Lynn Swan. Bill is hit by Benny Barnes and brought down at the Dallas 16. Fence the handoff to, hand to Harris, rather Harris galloping over the left side of the line, down to the 10. They spin his pins out from under him at the 7.5 yard line. Ed Jones gets the tackle and timeout is called. The Cowboys had no idea of what to expect next. So how can you fault them for what happened? Stallworth goes in short motion. Bradshaw rolling to the right. There after him, he throws on the move into the end zone and it is caught for a touchdown. He spotted his man and threw the ball into the end zone to Rocky Blyer. The man they just announced because of the award he got as one of the 10 outstanding young men in the nation. The announcement had just come over the PA and it might have been an omen. Dee, Dee Lewis and Cliff Harris were beaten on the play and Bradshaw rolling right under pressure. Threw it to Blyer and the Rock went up and snagged it. Jarella to try for the point after Craig Colt with the holder at the 10. The ball is down. Jarella kicks it. It is good. 21 to 14 as the Steelers go 56 yards in five plays. That's the way the first half ended. In the final 30 minutes of action, both defenses dominated in the early going. But late in the third quarter, the Dallas offense was on the move and threatening to tie the game when Dallas short yardage formation, two ends tight, double wing, Staubach brings Dorsen in motion. He's back to throw, wide open. End zone, dropped it. He went to Jackie Smith, and down in the turf, he lost it, wide open. The Cowboys did manage a field goal out of the situation to make the score 21 to 17. So things were tight again. But in the fourth quarter, Steelers star fullback Franco Harris had words with Dallas outspoken linebacker, Thomas Henderson. It was bad timing. On the next play, Harris took out his wrath on the entire Dallas defense. Terry Bradshaw, giving the ball to Franco through the middle, Then over the 15, the 10, the five. Touchdown, Pittsburgh. They opened it up down the middle, and the big guy went straight ahead through the hole. He knocked them loose in every direction, over the 15, the 10, the five, and right in there to score, and the Steelers go on the board with a TD. How about that one? The knockout punch was ready for delivery. And the Steelers did just that on the ensuing kickoff. Here's Girella scrubbing the kick down short inside the 25. Picked up at the 24. Fumble. Ball loose! Still loose! Still fighting for it at the 21. It is the Steelers football. No, it's Dallas' football. They're fighting for it. Who has got the football? It was fielded by Randy White. And he was hit and hit solidly and lost the football. They still haven't rendered a decision. Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's ball. Holy mackerel. Wasting little time. Terry Bradshaw, who was to be the game's most valuable player, went right for the end zone. Bradshaw is back. And he's going to Swan, and Swan makes a circus catch in the end zone. Unbelievable catch for the touchdown. Swan beat two men. Cliff Harris was one of them, and Benny Barnes the other. He went up in the air and made a circus catch. He looked like a flying circus, and the Southern Cal Flyer pulled it in. Holy smokes, 18 yards, and they strike again. This game was over, despite the fact that Dallas managed two late touchdowns, and the Pittsburgh Steelers once again ruled supreme as the champions of the National Football League. Here is Terry taking the snap, falling down on the turf, and the Cowboys are out of timeouts. Bradshaw is coming off the field with the game ball. Steeler fans are coming out of the stands. Ladies and gentlemen, The 1978 season is over Super Bowl 13 captured by the Pittsburgh Steelers the first team in the history of the NFL to win it three times an incredible season which wound up with a record of 14 and two now three playoff victories a final recording of 17 wins two losses and the big one over the Dallas Cowboys 35 to 31. Welcome to the Steelers
0: locker room, the locker room of the Super Bowl champion. If I got L.C. Greenwood, Miss feet down in the Steelers, you're champs again, L.C. It must feel great. Well, right now, I'm just, I'm so tired. Till I don't, you know, I really don't know how I feel. I'm just tired now. But it's a real good feeling to be The third time, you know, we've been there three times, and three times we come away with a victory, and I'm very happy. Back in the Steelers locker room, I got Moon Mullins and Franco Harris here. And first of all, Moon, you're going to be wearing your third Super Bowl, bowl ring. Must feel terrific. It feels great, uh, Myron. When I came to Pittsburgh back in 1971, there hadn't been a championship there in
1: 40 years, and it's only appropriate that we bring the first three-time Super Bowl champion back to the city of Pittsburgh. It's been so good to us. Where,
0: Franco? Do you have a message hello for there, Hello. Do you have a message for Thomas Henderson? Hey, Tom. No, I mean, you know, Tom is a great ball player. I mean, you know, out on the field, you have your differences and uh, you have your words and and, and you go at each other, which, you know, we did a couple of times. But but besides that, you know, hey, Tom's an all right guy and, and like, I like Tom. But, you know, I'm glad on the field that we came out the victors on that. Back in the Steelers locker room. Uh, with uh, with Dirt Winston, Steelers linebacker Dirt Winston, who had a big had a big play today and a couple, oh, a big play. He played a big role in the game is what I meant to say. Now, Dirt, uh, for example, uh, you uh, recovered the fumble on the kickoff late in the game that set up the, the touchdown for the Steelers that, uh, you know, was the clincher for the Steelers as matters turned out. It was the decisive play, and uh, I was coming downstairs to set up for the locker room show and missed it completely. What happened? That Jarrell slip as he approached the ball and uh, you kick a squib and you just put your nose right to that football? Well, uh, Myron, uh, what happened was he fumbled the ball and the ball was squirting around. Dungy fell on it and got it. And uh, they took it from Dungy, but I jumped in the pile and I took it from everybody, you know. And I end up, you know, uh, covering it up real tight and everything. And when the referees unpiled everybody, I had the ball, you know. You can take it from everybody. I believe it, Dirt. How do you feel uh, as a Super Bowl champ? Well, uh, I know we're going to have the ring on. uh, Next year when I come back in training camp, I'll have the big ring on, you know, that says that I went to the Super Bowl on the third one with the Steelers, you know. And, uh... My bank account gonna look a little bigger this year. now I got the Randy Grossman over here with me, who, uh, according to Thomas Henderson, uh, only plays when somebody dies or breaks a leg. This must be a sweet victory for you, indeed, Randy. Well, it's really been very rewarding the whole season, Myron, and uh, you know it's hard to put it in words the way you feel when you go the whole way to the very end and you win the last game, and uh, I just feel very good about it. Well, it's a happy Steeler locker room, and you think in closing, John, that this is the best Steeler team of them all? No, next year's will be.